0: Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Hey folks, welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to talk about light red light to be specific. But before we jump into that, I wanted to tell you about a new product out on the market, like brand new. Did you know that on average, we have around 70,000 thoughts per day? And when we're feeling anxious or stressed, this number easily goes north of 100,000. This is not good. This doesn't make for productivity. There's no need to suffer introducing Trocom by Troscriptions. Trocom will quiet your mind, let you relax, help you fall asleep and enhance your performance from the boardroom to the bedroom. And yes, we're talking about that kind of performance anxiety, guys. Trocom contains a novel combination of CBD, CBG, B3 GABA and Kava. CBD and CBG bring your body's endocannabinoid system into balance and B3 GABA and CAVA increase the neurotransmitter GABA in the brain, helping you feel less anxious and less stressed. All you have to do is either take a quarter trocom to take the edge off and perform better, take half a trocom for more relaxation, less focus, kind of like the relaxing feeling of one to two glasses of wine, or take three quarters to a full trochee for full relaxation and enhanced deep sleep. Now, are you ready to trocom the f- down? Head over to transcriptions.com and use code NAT10 to get 10% off your order. All right, let's talk a little bit about red light. Have you ever considered that the secret to healing your body might be as simple as flipping a switch? Hmm. Today, we're joined by Scott Kennedy who is a gem of a human being. I've run into him at a couple of conferences. This guy is, he's just the kindest person, one of the kindest people I've met in this business. He is an authority in photobiomodulation who enlightens us on the power of red and near infrared light and catalyzing the body's own healing process. Listen in as we navigate the fascinating world of light therapy and how it aids in enhancing our body's energy production, thereby balancing our systems and helping manage an array of health conditions. In our journey of discovery with Scott, we delve into the wonders of nitric oxide and reactive oxygen species, learning about their significant roles in our bodily functions. We also explore the intriguing concept of how stress can actually impel our bodies to become stronger and more efficient. Unravel the relationship between red light therapy, photobiomodulation and inflammation and how these can bolster the efficiency of the microbiome for weight loss. As this discussion unfolds, we also learn about the use of methylene blue in photobiomodulation and its intriguing photosensitivity to red light. And if you've ever wondered about the efficacy of light therapy devices, Scott gives us a balanced view of the pros and cons, along with some practical advice on budget considerations, consistency, and the best timing for therapy sessions. Scott Kennedy is the founder of Light Path LED and has brought panels to the market that are incredibly different from the competition. I own one and I got to tell you, my other panel that I own doesn't even begin to stand up to it. Scott is certified in laser therapy and has a background as health coach and has a wellness center where he uses also light therapy. To learn more, you can visit lightpathled.com and you can use BSP to save on your purchase. Okay, before I let you jump into the episode, there's one more thing I want to talk to you about, and that is one of the major factors contributing to poor aging is the presence of senescent or zombie cells. These cells are old and worn out, remaining in the body even after they've served their purpose, thus draining energy and nutritional resources. As we get older, senescent cells tend to accumulate in our bodies overwhelmingly, which leads to decreased energy levels, reduced flexibility, slower recovery of workouts, and what is commonly referred to as that middle age feeling. Do you ever have your doctor say, oh yeah, well, you're not feeling so good? Get used to it, you're getting older. Luckily, over the past decade, researchers have identified plant-derived ingredients known as senolytics that can aid in the natural elimination of senescent cells. One product I highly recommend is Qualia Senolytic, Qualia Cell Analytic works like a monthly cleanse specifically designed for the aging process. All you've got to do is take it for two days each month, and you will experience the benefits of its science-backed vegan ingredients that help your body naturally eliminate senescent cells. The results can be remarkable, making you feel a decade younger within just a couple of months. I will tell you that this formula is a staple in my Supplement stack. To try Sent Qualia with a 100 day money back guarantee, visit neurohacker.com forward slash Natalie. And Natalie has an H in it. So N A T H A L I E. And then by using the code Natalie, N A T H A L I E, you will receive a 15% discount off your first order. So once again, to start aging better, visit neurohacker.com forward slash Natalie for Qualia Analytic and use the code Natalie to enjoy a 15% discount. Now, before I let you go, just one, one second. If you made it this far, please stay for me to thank you and honor you for being here and for supporting this podcast. I so appreciate it, you guys. I just want you to know that I'm always listening and reading my comments. I'd love to hear from you. You can follow me on Instagram at Natalie Nitam. You can find me on Facebook on in the Optimizing Superhuman Performance Facebook group, or if you want to do live Q&As with me, live Q&As with a lot of my podcast guests and get access to some really cool resources, you might want to check out my my new community called On Mighty Networks called BSP Community, which is a private membership community. To find out all the details about that, just go to my website, natnidham.com and You can figure out, see there where to sign up and all the perks that you get from being a a member of that community. I will also say that the pricing is going to be going up in the next few weeks. So if it's even something that you're interested in, definitely check it out before those prices go up. All right, last but not least, If you're feeling inspired about this episode, please make sure you share it with your network and your friends, and please make sure that you leave us a review because that is how this podcast reaches more people. All right, let's dive into photobiomodulation, red light therapy, as well as pulsing red light therapy with Scott Kennedy. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all of the information presented in this podcast is for information purposes only. No medical advice, no diagnosing, no treatments suggested here. Before you try anything that you hear about or learn about here, make sure that you check with your medical provider. Scott, welcome to the show. It is such a pleasure to have you here today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, well, it's uh, red light, near infrared light, and so much more. I mean, guys, this is not just your regular run-of-the-mill Right, red light, near infrared light uh, podcast, we're going to get into all kinds of other interesting topics around this and some other aspects of photobiomodulation that you may or may not be familiar with. But first, I'd love to talk a little bit about what brought you to this, because you didn't wake up one morning as a little kid and say, when I grow up, I want to be making red light panels for people. So that's um, actually
1: what I did do. It was between yeah. that and a fireman. So. When you were
0: a kid, did no. you know you <laughs> wanted to make red light panels? I mean, I get the fireman story. <laughs> yeah,
1: All right, no. tell us. So, tell
0: us what 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 journey brought you to this world that means that I have this yeah. incredible panel in my upstairs bathroom.
1: <laughs> so I'll I'll I'll, con- I'll condense it. So condense I was in the. Good dental field for a number of years. I did that in the military, got out, went to school for hygiene and, um, you know, was, was having a lot of, uh, physical difficulties doing the job, uh, wrist issues, neck, back, your, your typical types of ailments when, when you're doing a Very repetitive motion. So I got into working with a dental company where we did lasers. These were really big, powerful lasers that could cut tooth structure, cut soft tissue, work with endodontics, periodontics, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, But what I started to learn with the the lasers was that, you know, when you disperse the energy, uh, instead of having an ablative effect where you were literally blowing things up, you were having a healing effect. So if I took the laser and I put it right here on my cheek, it would burn a hole right through. But if I pulled it back, dispersed that energy over a larger area, we were seeing immediate results with people who could, you know, real real TMJ issues could barely open and then after a few minutes on either side could almost fully open. And and when you see things happen in real time, mm-hmm. Uh, you know no other variables in play you go wow that's really cool so i you know there's no school for light um at least not you know so i i i leaned on a lot of dentists that thought outside the box so they were using it for their father who had shingles um you know or for their their kid that had a sprained ankle or their wife that had a cold or whatever else they were using the laser on so I thought, well, wow, this is just fascinating. So I started to take a lot of uh, courses uh, through a couple of my mentors uh, and dove into the the research. And eventually, I said, you know, this is something I could actually, I could do. So I started with a wellness center. So, uh, as I was working through the wellness center, COVID came. And so it was, you know, like 90% of my time was on my wellness center and my clients. 10% was just a little bit of panel sales here and there, mainly to my customers uh, at the wellness center. And then when COVID came, everything flipped. Flipped. Yeah. So my wellness center was kind of done for a a good amount of time. But people were really in need of uh, bringing healthy type things to their home because they couldn't go out and go to the gym. They couldn't go out and go to their wellness center. So there's a lot of people kind of setting up their little home uh, wellness center. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was a need for panels. So that's where I started to put a lot more of my time and effort into that uh, and less in, into the wellness center. Uh, and here we are now. And And, you know, personal note, I suffered from peripheral neuropathy, which, you know, kept me out of, uh, boxing and running, which I I were my passions for, uh, almost two years, mm. uh, and it was light that was a uh one of uh of the factors, but a huge factor in helping me get back into uh managing um that uh you know disorder.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and peripheral neuropathy is a big deal. I mean, it's not. This is a complex. Issue that can stem from so many different things, right? And it's very hard to get to a solution. And so, so maybe this is a good place, you know. So, with peripheral neuropathy, for example, I mean, this is this is a this is a condition, an affliction. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to call it an affliction because that is what it is. Um, it's very painful. It's very hard. Often, people don't know why it's happening or what it's from, and yet there's something about photobiomodulation which is kind of like the the umbrella under which red light and near infrared light live and so i think this is a perfect segue to talk about how this this photobiomodulation how does it help the body to help itself because i think that that's what makes me so excited about it and that's i get really excited about things when they are interventions or modalities that enable the body to do what it does best. Right. Right.
1: So we can get complicated and talk about all the different things. And that's what people want to say. That we'll work for this. We'll work for that. We'll work for all kinds yeah, well, of other things.
0: Let's go back first. Let's talk about right. the mitochondria, maybe. Let's talk about yeah. energy systems.
1: And, and And that's the point is we don't have to go into all these big names, these big scientific names of dysfunctions and say whether light works or not. Because at the core, light really only does one basic thing, and that's helping the cells, the mitochondria, to produce more ATP energy. Mm-hmm. From that point on, the body is doing what it's supposed to be doing. So if you're in a hypostate, it's going to bring you up. If you're in a hyper state, it's going to bring you down. It balances the system. But again, light's really doing just that one basic thing. And from that point on is the cascade of benefits
0: that we see. Right. And so let's so. okay, great. And so in your panels, we have access to two different types of light. We have red light and we have near infrared light. So we'll talk about what's special about your approach in your panels later, but let's talk a little bit about the difference between these two spectrums of light. The red light that we can see, which is within a very specific bandwidth, if you will. And then the near infrared light, which when those bulbs are on, you can sort of see a little bit of a red glow but you can't they they don't light up the room by any stretch of the imagination it's essentially invisible to the to the naked eye so maybe talking about how do these two different bands of light affect either the mitochondria or the body in a different way
1: yeah so how they affect the the, the cells are are pretty similar slight slight differences nuances uh the real difference is the penetration right so Red and near-infrared are the two most penetrating of in in the light spectrum that we see a therapeutic effect. Mm -hmm. But red only goes a little bit beyond skin deep. And that's because it's absorbed mainly by the blood. So once it hits that capillary bed under the skin, that's about it. That's about as far as it goes. Now, there's always systemic effects because we get – all the benefits of increased ATP, that, and that, that information gets delivered to deeper parts of the body. Now, near-infrared goes significantly deeper than red. Um, so there's a reason why in most devices, both of them are utilized. And the interesting thing is synergistically, they work better together. So mm. what will actually happen is the red will piggyback off of the near-infrared and actually get pulled a little bit deeper into the body. So that's why you're going to see both of them. There are other lights that we can discuss, but yeah. those are going to be the two main ones.
0: Yeah. I mean, certainly on the panel that I own, and I think on all of your panels, we can choose red light or near-infrared light. So- just taking what you've just said one step further for if we wanted to use just the red light that might be something that we might use to affect the sur- like surface skin issues so i've i've heard from a lot of people who have um like i think it's psoriasis that they get really good results from red light exposure on their psoriasis it seems to be very helpful for them and then we can talk a little bit like does it help with wound healing like what are the different types of surface skin issues that might benefit from exposure specifically to the red light and then so the near and then the near infrared light which is going to go deeper so maybe that's going to be for our athletes or for people who are looking for affecting deeper tissues and organs in the system
1: yeah correct so um uh, and people with autoimmune, that's, you know, a, a lot of the people that I work with are dealing with deeper type issues. So whether it's bone, brain, muscle, joints, organs, that's near infrared, uh, okay. where the red is going to be your wound healing, um, tightening of skin through, uh, fibroblasts, collagen production,
0: yeah.
1: uh, and with things like psoriasis or eczema, we've got a skin issue, but we may also have a deeper issue where it, it it's, you know, dealing with the lymphatics. So that's where the combo is is generally what we're gonna use because let's be real. Um if we lived in a world where the only issue was skin deep, that would be yeah. that would be great. We'd only need red. Mm-hmm. But the great majority of us, you know, we're we're dealing with issues that start on the surface and work their way in so we might as well always be using both
0: yeah or vice versa you know and i think this is something that people often miss i mean when somebody asks me you know i've got eczema or or psoriasis i'm like the first place i'm going to talk about is the gut and what's happening inside right? right because these are these are often driven from within even acne is usually due to hormonal imbalances it can be due to diet like it can be u- do it's not it's not often just the surface of the skin that's responding to something it's a systemic issue that's expressing itself through the skin you mentioned the brain do you want to talk about that a little bit with infrared and what you've seen and i know that you know we've seen things like there's some literature around neurodegenerative diseases and near infrared or even just red light but is there a lot of research that speaks to how we might be able to use near-infrared light for the yeah. brain?
1: Yeah, so fortunately, a lot of research on it. And one of the good things is about the research is when when they don't have a suitable pharmaceutical that mm-hmm. fixes an issue, they're more likely to, to put money into alternatives. So they've been putting a lot more money uh, grants into studies of using red and near-infrared for Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's. Now, when when we look at really some of the root causes, the main thing is inflammation. Mm-hmm. And what does inflammation do to the brain? Um, it, it, it ends up killing off a lot of the neurons in there that aren't going to get replaced. Uh, and we also know with, with more recent research that the pulsing of light, which we can get into later, uh, helps to... Uh, break apart amyloid plaques in the brain. So hence why they're starting to see some really good response uh, for people with any type of cognitive function, dysfunction, whether it's anything from anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, concussions, all the way up to Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's.
0: That's really interesting. So when people are accessing these types of modalities like near infrared or infra- near infrared or red light for to try and help support a brain issue is it enough to be looking at it with your eyes which are essentially an extension of your brain yeah. or do we need to be like you know the people need to be putting their head up against the panel i don't know if you've seen this but i remember years ago reading about a gentleman who had parkinson's disease and you know through his research and digging around he came across research that spoke to red light and parkinson's and he made himself the infamous bucket right he took a bucket took a bunch of red lights i don't even know where he sourced them from or what the nanometer i think it was is it 680 to like i don't remember the exact um numbers of that red light spectrum but he literally line the bucket with a bunch of bulbs and would stick it on his head and noticed that it seemed to be helping him so that's that and now we're seeing definitely research in that direction saying like do we need to make a helmet or and i think there are helmets around or so maybe you want to speak to that a little bit does it have to be right on the head or can a panel actually be helpful for someone Mm -hmm. who's dealing with that kind of stuff
1: Yeah, I mean, they can all be helpful just as long as they're used, you know, correctly. So we could have just a helmet, which has had really good results. We could literally have just a couple red in the nose called an internasal that creates vasodilation that brings more oxygen to the brain. Um, We could have a panel here. Uh, A a guy in Australia, I can't think of his name, did an interesting research on mice where he uh, injected them with with uh, some some type of a, a poison that gave a very Parkinson-like tremor. Yep. Treated just the brain, had really good results, and then took another group, did the same thing, covered the brain, and only did light from basically the mouse neck down. and had very similar results.
0: Interesting.
1: So it's very telling that, okay, here's the thing with Lays. We've got a brain issue. Do we want to put light on the brain? Absolutely. But we're missing the boat when we don't talk about how it affects, you know, how the rest of the body can affect. So putting light on the gut, hugely important with dealing with cognitive issues, the back of the neck to open up the glimpse, the lymph node there, so that the toxins can drain out of there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Having light, particularly pulse light on the eyes, because no different than sound, all we're doing is the body is transferring that information, whether it's sound or light or vibration, is changing it into electrical pulses, which are messages being sent to the brain. Uh, so we could be using a helmet, we could be using a pad, we could be using a panel, an intranasal device. They're all gonna be beneficial. I'm a proponent of systemic. So yeah. I, I'm a fan of not being so localized. Yeah. Because we miss out on some of the greater benefits when we can hit the entire body.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. And you know, to your point, if there's inflammation in the brain, there's a reasonably good um there's a reasonably good chance that there's inflammation in the rest of the body. Right. Right? And so you know, to to not address the systemic inflammation, which frankly is where the smart people are going, right? They're understanding that if we're dealing with a cognitive issue, we need to address the whole body inflammation. And then that point you just brought up about the microbiome is massive because with every passing minute of every hour of every day, there's new research that's coming out saying, oh, and about that gut microbiome and your fill in the blank immune system, brain health, depression, cognitive, um, systemic inflammation, whatever it is, that community of bugs, you know, I think we can all start to understand is start sort of running the show.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, And what's interesting is you start to, you know, as research is finally heading towards that, you know, looking at things systemically, they're starting to prove things like, you know, um, Meridian points and chakras uh, and how sound from, you know, the Buddhist monks, you know, long time ago, how they were right on the money.
0: Yeah, with vibration. Yeah,
1: right. Because they looked at things, they looked at the body as a whole piece as opposed to a lot of things in Western medicine where we've broken it up into specialties that only focus on one or two things, but they don't see the whole picture
0: yeah no, that's that's such a I mean, that's so true, right? I mean, it, it I think the 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 idea was good saying, well, people have lung issues. we need lung specialists. people have heart issues. We need a heart specialist. people have a brain issue. We need a brain specialist. But in creating those silos, we've done ourselves a disservice because right. unfortunately, each one of those specialists, they specialize so much that sometimes, not always, but sometimes, there's a failure in the system to think about how the other systems are playing in. You know, I've definitely known people who've gone in for a very specific issue on a specific system or organ, and that specialist doesn't really wanna talk to them about the other parts. They're like, oh, you're gonna have to go see an endocrinologist for that, or you're gonna have to see a a neurologist for that. And ultimately you're, you're cutting yourself off, right? Because the body does not function. In silos. It's an integrated whole any way you slice it. So, you know, one other thing that you mentioned earlier about of the red light affecting the capillaries and the blood is this idea of improving nitric oxide production and nitric oxide being really important to the function of the vascular system of of blood vessels. And I think that that red light really has an impact on the production of nitric oxide in the body, which tends to go down as we age, have you seen that at all in your
1: work? yeah? Well, like everything goes down with age, whether it's <laughs> Cheers, um, yes,
0: <laughs> whether it's <laughs> except uh, for the our... things that go up, you don't want to go up, then everything else goes down. Yes.
1: Yeah, and for a lot of guys, a lot of things go down,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um
1: and it's tough to get them back up. Right. Uh, so hey, red light to the rescue. Uh, so whether it's we talk about collagen after about the age 30 we drop collagen about 10% a decade uh interestingly enough mitochondria drops as well about mm-hmm. 10% you know I, there's a little more than just coincidence there
0: the 10% rule yeah
1: yeah yeah so when we talk about nitric oxide one that's one of the other cool things is when light gets absorbed by the cells specifically by the mitochondria um it starts to turn a pump and that pump starts to kick out more atp energy which is 90% of our daily energy but it also it also knocks off nitric oxide nitric oxide can kind of block that that um turbine from spinning correctly
0: which is the coolest function which is the coolest piece of machinery in the body if you think about it
1: absolutely like what
0: rpm does the cytochrome c run at like it's insane Nine thousand. like nine thousand rpm and you have bajillions of these in your body like that is like when you you know when i first learned about them i was just like get out like you're making that up right yeah and and it is anyway i don't know i'm i'm a total nerd i'm like i i remember learning about the like just blew my mind
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no we can geek out um but yeah, so nitric oxygen gets released, and that's a, a vasodilator. So that's going to increase the blood flow, uh, increase the oxygen. One of the cooler things that I, I've been digging more into is reactive oxygen species. Yes. Because uh, we normally think of that as a bad thing mm-hmm. to an extent. So that's why they say, you know, take your um, – I keep on thinking.
0: Antioxidants.
1: Thank you. Thank you. My to pleasure. reduce – to reduce your reactive oxygen species. So, they did a study on runners. So, when you run, you release a lot of reactive oxygen species, but you have all these great metabolic effects that are occurring. So, they thought, well, if we can reduce the ROS, we can have even better results. What they found, of course, is that yes, they reduced the, the ROS, but the metabolic effects went away. Yeah. So, what they realized is what's really happening is whether it's red light therapy, whether it's cold plunge, whether it's sauna, whether it's fasting, breath holding, exercise, when we, when we put acute stressors on the body as opposed to chronic stressors, we put acute stressors on the body, what's happening is we're releasing reactive oxygen species. Those ROS are then signaling back to the mitochondria and saying, hey, guys, you know get your act in gear um we're starting to run and this kind of sucks yeah. so get stronger populate give us more atp energy hence why if you if you're a couch potato you can't just get up and go run a marathon and,
0: but and you, you can, can get
1: up and run a quarter a quarter mile yeah and then do that again and then a half mile and mm-hmm. then a mile and within a couple months or whatever you're you're running a marathon. That is the way the body uh, takes these acute stressors and makes you stronger. So all we're doing is really what our ancestors did, but they didn't have to hack it because that was just part of them living.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and the reactive oxygen species is a really interesting point because you don't want the system to get overwhelmed with them, right? So that is where antioxidants come in. And yet what you're really speaking to right now without using the geek term is hormetic stress. Right. So it's that the concept of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, or the concept that applying acute measured amounts of stress to the body will make the body, the whole system stronger and adapt. And it's, you know, what you say about the couch potato is interesting because, you know, if, if, if it was only an energy equation, the biggest fattest people on the planet should have the most energy and ironically the people with the most stored energy in their bodies which other people might call obese but let's call them people with volumes and volumes of stored energy in their system have the least amount of energy because they can't actually access it and I think that you know what's interesting with red light therapy, with photobiomodulation, is when I got my very first panel a long, long time ago and I was like crazy for this thing. And I was doing 10 minutes a day, front and back every single day. And after a couple of weeks, I noticed that I'd lost some weight, like I'd lost a couple of pounds and I hadn't changed anything else. And most likely it was inflammation, but more likely it was also my mitochondria ramping up And making more energy and giving me more energy and allowing me maybe to work a little harder in my workouts or whatever the case may be. And just, you know, with that increase in energy, my body just became more efficient without having to be on a diet. Now, I'm not saying get a red light panel so that you can lose weight. I'm not saying that. I am saying that, you know, the idea of photobiomodulation contributes to the functioning of the whole system to upgrade it so that it works. Better and more efficiently
1: yeah so when people ask me about light and and weight loss in studies there's you know um statistically significant weight loss now in reality there, there's a big difference between a study that shows significant yeah as opposed to what is real life significant when you look into the mirror right. so I never sell, my stuff on weight loss, just like you said, but if it, if it helps you sleep better, which it does, you're going to have more energy. If it creates vasodilation, if it reduces inflammation, you're going to be able to exert yourself harder. You're going to have less recovery period needed in between workouts. You're going to be in a better mood. You're going to be less likely to go after some of those, you know, junk food cravings. Uh, so when we talk about weight loss we talk about as the whole package where light is an adjunct to you doing all the other things that you need to do um, to help your body get really to get healthier and if your body is going to get healthier
0: you're going to lose the weight yeah well and the other thing that you said earlier about the microbiome I think is really interesting as well right because Again, the microbiome, if we talk about it as an organ, which fundamentally at the very least it's an organ, if not a system, um, has everything to do with how the body is storing and releasing energy. Um, And then there's, to your your point, there's the inflammation, like adipose tissue itself produces inflammatory cytokines. That's, That's a big piece of why being, carrying extra weight around is such a health issue. Quite apart from, you know, more wear and tear on joints and whatnot, it's the damage that that the constant production of inflammatory cytokines might be doing to the rest of the body. And so, to be able to, in a very kind of passive way, address that inflammation and maybe tone it down a little bit um, without taking handfuls of anti-inflammatories. Not that there's not a place for uh, for anti-inflammatories and antioxidants, but the the red light again, to your point, is as a holistic addressing the whole system goes at it in a very multifactorial way, Mm -hmm. which I think is super interesting. Um, So when it comes to, um, you mentioned shingles earlier, which I think is really interesting because as the population ages and, you know, what is it, 90% of the population has one or more of, an Epstein-Barr virus living in their body and one or more of the herpes HSV1, HSV2, HSV4 and five, like all of these viruses. And these are you know, virtually impossible to eradicate once they've set up shop. They've set up shop in some way, shape or form in over 90% of the bodies that are on this planet. So, and shingles is particularly vexing because it takes advantage of people generally over the age of 50, And, you know, I think what a lot of people underestimate is it's essentially when your immune system drops. These are opportunistic viruses that will step up and take over. But you mentioned shingles earlier. So how have you seen or have you seen that red light or near-infrared light or both um, can be helpful with that condition?
1: Yeah. So anything, uh, we go back to the dental uh, one of the obvious things that we saw was with herpetic lesions. So when someone would get, you know, what they call a cold sore, or fever blister, it's a herpetic yeah. lesion. Uh, we'd speed up the healing on average about fifty percent. Wow, That's uh, which a lot. which is huge. So we're 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 talking about something that normally takes about two weeks and cutting that down to a week. Pretty yeah. pretty specific as well on that. Um, yeah.
0: So how's it doing that? That's that's the question, you know, is it's, it causing healing or is it boosting the immune system? Like what's it's it doing?
1: Boosting the immune system, ok. That's really it. that's that's really all we're that's all we're doing with it. So no different than um uh, if you break a bone, I mean, I've seen some amazing um uh, x-rays on a kid that, you know, broke a finger or or someone that broke an ankle and and when they go back and get that next x-ray and the doctor goes, I've never seen a bone heal up so quickly. We know exactly what was going on.
0: It's the near infrared light. Absolutely. And the red light. Yeah. But near infrared yeah, more so, cause it's deeper at that point. Right.
1: Right. Right. So, so certainly with shingles, we've had a number of cases where, you know, it's up here and it's, and it's, you can, it's migrating down towards the eye area. And it's from, from what I hear, it is just so, painful yeah um so when you can get light put on that particularly you know the quicker the better uh how that would you know shingles can be around for a ridiculous amount of time
0: yeah weeks and months right months actually my brother just called me about a client in his whose dad has had shingles active shingles like incapacitating active shingles since december and we yeah. are now in june yeah um and and the doctors have said to him, sorry, there's nothing right. we can do, right? Yeah. And the, the sad news in this guy's case is he believes them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let us run his course. Yeah. You know, that's about the best, the, the and best suffer, they can do. And suffer,
0: right? Like, and, you right. know, and in this case, this guy happens to need cataract surgery, which, of course, they won't do because, mm-hmm. you know, as you said, like with shingles that goes anywhere close to an eye, like I have a neighbor across the street who lost an eye to shingles. Mm-hmm it will take your eye out, like literally. Right. So, right. which is when it really gets scary, right? Because they right. take out the eye because the next next stop is the brain. Not to, not, not to breathe the, the terror into you people about shingles, but nevertheless, yeah. it is something to be taken seriously. And it's interesting that something as non-invasive as red light and near infrared light could help to mitigate at least the duration and severity potentially of something like this.
1: Yeah. And like I tell a lot of people, like when when they're dealing with certain issues, shingles, autoimmune, eczema, psoriasis, whatever, you know, I tell them, you know, don't expect, you know, light's not going to cure anything. No. Light will certainly help you manage. What the key is, that, you know, when you wake up in the morning, that problem isn't the first thing that pops up into your head. You know, when you go to bed, that's not the only thing racing through your head. Mm -hmm. So whether it's people with anxiety, depression, to people dealing with shingles or autoimmune type issues is, you know, you don't want that or back pain. You don't want that to be, you know, the all encompassing thought that you've got to deal with.
0: Right yeah no that's that's uh, it's so valid and and i think that if you think about the fact that this is not just going at this one thing it's helping your whole body to function better so that other things that might be contributing to it might also improve along the way and i think what what's important for people to realize and and i do you know i harp on this quite a lot because we talk a lot about about a lot of exciting things on these types of podcasts right where we're always talking about something new and amazing that is revolutionary but there's yet to be a single thing that i have come across that precludes people from doing the basic work right right Dialing in their nutrition, dialing in like getting outside and seeing light in the morning, and seeing light in the middle of the day, and seeing light at the end of the day, without sunglasses on. Hello, um, right? Without um, sunscreen? With, yeah, I mean a little bit of without sunscreen. I mean, obviously, if you're around at high noon and it's you live in certain places, you're gonna you might be better off with with a hat and long sleeves, but. Mm-hmm. You know, the the sunscreen comp the sunscreen discussion is very nuanced and complex. Definitely, I think we both know a lot of sunscreens on the market are more the problem than the co- than a solution right now. Um, and if you don't believe me, go to ewg.org. Great resource. They talk about the different types of sunscreen on the market and what might be better than others. But even when we talk about sleep, and I don't know if I told you this, but I moved my light panel into my washroom, which is the ensuite bathroom in my bedroom. And so at night, I'm taking my makeup off, I'm brushing my teeth, I'm getting ready for bed. I do it by the red light. That's I don't have any other light in my bathroom. That's what I use. And I swear it has upgraded my sleep, since. not to mention the fact that I... I just use it every single day. Like it makes it easy. I don't have to make an appointment. I don't have to take off my, you know, like I'm going to take off my clothes in the bathroom anyway. Like I'm already there. And it just means that it's there first thing in the morning for me and last thing at the end of the day. But that red light before bed definitely gets your body primed and your brain primed to start the process of shutting down.
1: Yeah. And that's when we talk about, Things that are hyper, it brings it up. Uh, uh hypo, it brings it up. If it's hyper, it brings it down. Uh that balance. Uh so it's interesting because you can use light in the morning. Yes. And what that's going to do is reduce your melatonin, mm-hmm. increase your serotonin because that's what sunlight does. Yeah. So we're not, we're not coming, we're, we're not recreating the wheel. We're just making it more accessible to people that are in northern climates that can't get out, that can't walk through their neighborhood butt-ass naked. Yeah. Uh, you can, but it won't last long.
0: I uh, get arrested.
1: See, so you get your red light in in the jail, maybe.
0: Yeah, not. Uh, <laughs> right.
1: And, and then what? what is evening? What's interesting thing is with light in the morning, it actually makes your skin cells more resistant to the damaging UV rays at noon. So there's actually been a study on how red light creates a 15 SPF. Uh, So if I'm going out to the beach, oh yeah, I make sure I do my light prior to, and I will only put on sunscreen if I'm going to be out there for more than a couple hours, because I'm pretty pretty white. I'm typical Irish, uh, white skin, so I can't generally handle that much sun, but I can easily do two hours. And then if I do get just a little bit pink, I can do light after to reduce the inflammation. So the morning light, sunlight, or light therapy actually makes your cells more resistant to the harmful UV rays at noon. And then that evening sun is very healing to the body, and that's where it's cueing the body to say, okay, it's getting close to nighttime, so let's increase the melatonin. Yeah decrease the serotonin. So again, it's not, it's not like we're coming out with some voodoo kind of technology in a box kind of a thing. We're, we're, we're doing what the body's already supposed to be doing.
0: Hey folks, quick interruption, because I need to tell you about something that I discovered about a year ago when I became aware of level up health, when the founder and formulator Kyle Vanderlees reached out to me in my Facebook community. We had a long chat. I tried a few of his life changing formulations, and the rest, as they say, is history. Level Up Health's product range is truly unique. Their ultimate GI repair combines the best naturopathic botanicals and nutritionals with powerful orally bioavailable peptides used in functional and integrative medicine to give their customer products that actually work and help you achieve your health goals. Be that gut healing, or liver detoxification, reducing inflammation, supporting brain function, or biohacking and optimizing your health. The feedback from community members has been incredible. Each product formulation was created to address specific health goals and to reduce the multiple six to 12 products you might need to take and simplify it down to an all-in-one product. Level Up has also formulations like historesist and Liver Complex, plus they also have a range of powerful solo ingredient products, many of which are very unique on the market, such as magnesium l 3 n Tudka, DHM, which is dihydromiracetin, and palmitoyl ethanolamide, PEA, and the range continues to grow every single month. So to learn more, check out their website, leveluphealth.com. Level has no ease in it. So lvluphealth.com to see the full range of unique products they have to offer and make sure to use code NAT10 for 10% off your offer. Now let's get back to the episode. Well, we're recreating nature's signals right. that we've become so disconnected from, right? I mean, unfortunately, I mean, you know, you in your spare time, which I don't even know what that means in your world. I know in I don't my know world either. It doesn't exist. It's but called in your, sleep. Yeah, it's your <laughs> spare time. You run a campground and on that campground, people do have that opportunity if they give it to themselves, if they turn off the phones and they don't bring their portable satellite dish with their portable TV, which I've seen, they give themselves the opportunity to click, clue, cue back into nature's rhythms, which is dictated in large part by our circadian rhythm, which is informed By those sun's rays and how they modify from morning until night Um, and I think one of the things you mentioned which is really interesting I never thought of it that way before is that exposure to early morning light that makes you more resilient to the high noon rays it's what a lot of people speak to as building a sun Mm callus, right a lot of these um, a lot of people in the space will talk about you know getting that early morning sunlight on as much of their body as possible and over time that kind of builds up this this resistance and resilience to the exposure to the tougher rays that you're that you're exposed to during the day yeah. still not advocating for getting out on a surfboard for 5 hours from 10 until 3 with no sunscreen and no protection but nevertheless it will help to make to make the skin more resilient. And you know, it's counterintuitive when you think about it. Oh, I got a bit of a sunburn. I'm gonna go stand in front of my red light. It's like the last thing anybody wants to do. Um, and yet, ironically, it can actually help with the inflammation and, mm-hmm. and to deal with the damage. Okay, so shingles, sprains, immune, covered a lot of ground. Let's talk a bit about, um, actually before we get into the pulsing, I wanted to talk a little bit about, bring up a topic of methylene blue. Have you have you dug into the research on that at all? A lot of people will take methylene blue before exposing themselves to red light. And, you know, we talk about it as stacking uh, two strategies to target the mitochondria. Have you looked into the research about that at all? Or
1: Yeah. I I can't imagine it's it's, it's
0: not on your radar.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's been a while and like most research, you know, uh, it's like going back to, you know, high school. It's like you, you, you study it, you learn it, you, you can talk about it and then you kind of forget about it. So yeah, uh, that's kind of where I am on MB, but yeah, you can take it one hour prior to uh, it's a, it's photosensitive to the, to the red light. So it, it, it helps to in essence spread the, the the methylene blue throughout the body. So it can be done in in drop form. Yeah. Or I've seen it done, you know, where it's a it's a full IV bag.
0: Yes. Um, I've seen that. It goes
1: right into the system. And and if that's the case, then you can, you know, you could literally be doing light while you're doing that because it's so quickly, you know, diffusing through the entire body.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great point. But most people don't have access to IVs. And you're and even if you do, you're not going to do them every day. But it is interesting that you can use a sm- a relatively small dose of methylene blue either as a troche or as drops. Um, and like prior to using your red light, and then using the red light. You might not want to do that right before bed. I would say that would be more of a morning practice because I do think it's, you know, the idea is to to charge up the mitochondria which doesn't always translate into a burst of energy but it can for some people so probably this is more of a morning morning hack than a than a before bed kind of hack not that you're i mean you know our bodies use a ton of energy while we're sleeping there's a lot going on in there um but you know you're the the thing that you brought up earlier about exposing the back of your neck which i think a lot of people don't think about to the red light and near infrared light to enable the glymphatic system to kind of activate that you might want to do at night because that's when that glymphatic system is going to do its thing.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, in a perfect world. And and I think research will get there is the best time to do the light. I mean, obviously the best time to do the light is when you can consistently, I'm not going to harp on, you got to do it between the hours of this time and this time or whenever, you know, do it when you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're not consistent with it, there's no point. Uh, but I think we're going to get to the point where we're going to say, ideally, do it in the morning, do it in the evening. It just makes sense. What they found is when they were researching on eye health, yeah. the mitochondria are most active between about 6 and 9 a.m. They had a lot better results um, with treating the eyes in the morning than treating them in the afternoon or the evening. Interesting makes a lot of sense. So whether it was people dealing with uh, macular degeneration or um, color contrast or near farsighted, most all of that has an inflammatory component or a little bit deeper, a mitochondrial dysfunction. Yeah. So yeah, I think to your point is we'll get to a point where we're going to find morning light, evening light, that's the way to go.
0: Yeah. So you bring up a really good point. And I know there's people thinking of this question right now, as I'm asking it, what's the protocol around eyes? Like, should I, people get really freaked out about the red light panels, right? Should I be keeping my eyes closed? Do I have to cover my eyes? What if I open my eyes by accident? Am I going to damage my eyes? And I mean, it's hard to know for everybody, but at some level, like if I keep my eyes closed, the, I can see a whole lot of red light through my eyelids. Like the eyelids are by no means impenetrable
1: so yeah so with eyes the the only issue with the lights is the brightness of it so it's Mm -hmm. no different than you know we've all been hung over at noon and we walk (laughs) out into daylight and we're overwhelmed with the brightness now what does our body do it's got a a quarter second where it'll recoil it'll turn it'll close its eyes that's how it kind of that's how we kind of gauge certain devices on uh how it can affect the eyes. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately there's there's research out there that talks about very high powered near infrared for like welders, glass blowers that are doing 8 hours a day for years yeah. having That's eye odd. issues. And and when people are educated, they see something like that, they see a title and they they freak out. And I hear it all the time. Um, and we're apples and oranges. It's, you know, the light is so beneficial to the eyes. So it's overly bright for a lot of people. Close your eyes. That's all you need.
0: And you're still going to get benefit through your eyelids.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. The light's going, as you say, you, you're seeing so much of that red. It's going through a lot of that eyelid and certainly the near-infrared is uh as well the only thing you don't want pointing at your eyes are like lasers yeah uh because just the way that they're collimated it's mm-hmm. a lot of lot of power in a very tiny little area uh that's not dispersing or scattering it's going straight in so you never want to point any kind of a laser but with what we're dealing with it's led light this light emitting diodes perfectly fine for the eyes. You know, with with the exception of uh, people that just maybe had cataract surgery, they're supposed to wear sunglasses for six months. So, you know, or if someone is taking some sort of a photosensitive drug, certain antibiotics, certain other things. But if you're okay going out in sunlight, you're fine doing the light.
0: Okay. Okay. That's good to know. Okay, so I'm just looking at the clock and we have not touched on pulsing yet. And I really want to talk about pulsing. So, because that is a feature of light path that we don't find um, in many other places. So maybe speak a little bit to this idea of, and and you guys, a lot of the pulsing um, modalities that programmed modalities that are in your panel, you wouldn't even notice them like you wouldn't, they're imperceptible to the eye. Uh, I think there might be a couple that are, but maybe speak to this whole idea of pulsing, where it comes from, why you built it into your panels and what we know and what we don't know yet. Because I know there's still lots yeah. to learn in that area.
1: So so pulsing is simply the turning on and off of the light. So it's just blinking. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's very specific, meaning when it turns on, it's a very specific amount of time. Uh, and there's a certain amount, per second. So it can either be flashing one time a second, or it can be flashing up to you know nine thousand times a second. So when we think about pulsing, we 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 go back to the the ears, um binaural beats. They've they've been studied about how the the the, the different pulsing of sound has benefited on the brain. Mm-hmm. So we're also finding out that that specific Pulsing has benefits on the body, so whether it's you know through the eyes that it's benefiting brain health, through the skull, or even coming in through hair follicles being sent, uh, we're seeing a lot of benefit coming from pulsing on top of what we typically have which is non-pulsing or continuous wave light where it's no different than your light bulb you just turn it on and it's on constantly so they're 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 starting to get at the heart of why it's working better they know it works better through the studies but they're always not quite sure exactly how it worked it has to do with nitric oxide disassociation so as mm. light hits, um, the mitochondria, yeah. nitric oxide, comes off, but it wants to reattach. But if it's pulsing, it's constantly knocking it off. Uh, another uh, thought is just resonance. So we think about the brain. Why does the brain like 40 pulses per second? Because it mimics our gamma brain waves. Why mm-hmm. does it like 10? Because it mimics the alpha. Brain waves. So we're seeing, particularly with cognitive issues, whether it's depression all the way up to the Alzheimer's or wound healing, bone fractures, uh, doing seven to ten pulses per second on the stomach reduces anxiety. So they're they're finding really? all yeah, yeah. So again, s- systemic cool stuff. Uh so they're you know, there's more research that needs to come out on it, and, and they they have to get to a point where they're like really pinpointing specific pulses. Now, all pulses in general are pretty beneficial, but they're finding that like 10 and 40 are really good for the brain. Um, 2.5 is really good for, say, like wound healing, um, and then there's some other pulses. Um, in the Nozier, which is a, a French neurologist that haven't really been researched but they've been used in wellness centers for the last 30 years with really positive effects so like most science it, it needs to catch up to what's happening on the ground level so sure. that's where we are with with the with the pulsing but i can totally see that that's going to we're going to start seeing more and more research more and more companies are going to have to admit that pulsing is beneficial and they're going to start including it. We just happened to be the first ones to do it with a panel. So, again, I didn't reinvent the wheel. I just leaned on my mentors who had mm-hmm. been doing this way longer than I have. Um, and that's where I got the idea. Well, it's in pad systems, it's in torches. They put them in, you know, helmet, headgear, internasal devices. Let's put it into a panel. Just makes yeah. sense.
0: Let's build it in. Yeah. And, you know, it's, what's great about the panels is that they allow you to use pre programmed uh, pulsing frequencies, but it also allows you, I think, and to your point, as research comes out to program different other pulsing frequencies. Right. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's just, just for an example, let's say tomorrow research comes out and says uh, 323 pulses per second is really good for this type of dysfunction well my panel's not antiquated now you know so you can just program it in on the remote and now you've got it pulsing at 323 times per second
0: yeah no i love that and one thing we should probably distinguish because i know that people who pay a lot of attention to light are very aware of the flickering of certain types of light bulbs in a house which is quite Mm -hmm. different than the pulsing of a panel. And I mean part of it is the lights are different, right? We usually see flickering in LED lights. Um, like you're I mean I figured out the light in my kitchen, my pot lights were flickering when I when I shot a slow motion video of my Vitamix because I thought I would do like a dramatic, you know, here's me making my smoothie video. And I got horrified to see yeah. <laughs> that by slowing down the film i was catching this crazy light flicker that is a, is a is a reality because of any number of reasons in my kitchen lighting um yeah
1: so yeah certain people can have a negative uh reaction to flicker and flicker is a very erratic light and a lot of times you're going to find like you go into an old warehouse and you know the really mm-hmm. tall ceilings with the lights that's you know you you get that woom woom uh it's and it can be just for some people it can just be annoying, you know. For some people it, it can have health issues. Yeah. Uh big difference from pulsing, which is very specific. The body likes consistent pulsing. Cause that's mm-hmm. everything in the in the world is has consistent pulsing. Everything from the earth has a vibration of 7.8 to our brain waves that have specific alpha, data, beta. Gamba. Um mm-hmm. uh, it's specific. That's what the that's what the body likes. So when it comes to like pulsing, the only people that need to be concerned are those that that on and off, like you, you if you watch um uh a movie uh like Star Wars or something, they'll have
0: they'll have a they'll, disclaimer they'll, for stroke. Yeah.
1: Like yeah. if you have seizures, maybe you shouldn't watch this. Uh so those people have to be concerned and they may they may decide, okay, maybe I just want a continuous wave. That's a very small, small group of people. Uh, you know, we've got Christmas lights that blink all the time. Uh I don't know anyone that's had issues with that. Uh, but you know, it's something it's something to be concerned with. But yes, a big difference between specific pulsing with a specific amount per second, a specific duty cycle, as opposed to uh, erratic uh flickering.
0: Okay. Like Yeah. So, yeah. So you're saying definitely even with the panels, like someone with epilepsy that they know light is a trigger for them, they would probably just not use that pulsing feature, at least until they're sure that it's not going to be a problem for them. And right, and the correct. nice thing is the panel has it has all the flexibility in the world. So in the last couple of minutes, and I mean, there were so many other things I wanted to talk to you about. But the last couple of minutes, I do want to talk about some of the innovation that you've built into the panel and that you've got coming out. over Well, that will be out by the time this podcast is out. One of them I already know, which is that. You know, whereas most panels and even your first and second generation panels, you had rows of red light and rows of infrared light LEDs, which is what I have. But then, you know, the last time we ran into each other at a conference, you're like, oh yeah, my next panels are going to have every single bulb is going to have a chip in it so that each bulb can deliver either red, near infrared or both, which just get makes for a more even distribution of the light, which is amazing. I mean, it doesn't. And, you know, what's interesting is it doesn't make the older panels obsolete in any way, because as we talked about earlier, even just you get systemic effects from every light that hits the body. So it's just it's a more even distribution, if you will. But then. But what's what's the new stuff? Tell us. So
1: a good example of this is, you know, like you've got big units like behind me that you can stack on top, get the whole body or you can have little ones. So.
0: Little handheld, yeah. Yeah,
1: so this one is, you can tell every bulb is lit up. So if I go through uh, like the different modes of this, you'll see just blue. That's good for skin issues, particularly acne.
0: Yeah.
1: Really good for people with seasonal affective disorder. Now it goes to just red and near infrared. Of course, you only see the red. And then we can go, this is more of a, if you can see the purple. So this is all them included. So each, Single bulb has a a blue, a red, and a near infrared uh, wow. diode chip. So that just it just helps to get better overall coverage as yeah. opposed to one being blue, one being red, one being near infrared. We, we we're we're spread out a little bit too far. So that was one of the changes that I made. Uh, other changes are, you know, I made mine wider. So the typical panel yes. is. It's only nine inches wide and you're like, okay, now I've got to buy a second one. Yeah. Um, so I made mine 15 inches wide. It's so noticeable. that's,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. So that's, that's, and, and it comes out, there's a little bit of a beam angle. So it, it covers a little bit of a larger area when you're about 12 inches away. So that's generally going to cover just about everyone. Um, so, you know, I don't, it's just, I, I have to, work with science and figure out what's gonna be the what's the new research coming out. Is there enough uh of something like eight ten wavelength? Enough benefit uh of that through research said, okay, Scott, let's go with just eight ten instead of eight ten, eight fifty, nine thirty, all these other different ones. Mm-hmm. So there's a part of science that I follow whenever I'm making a panel uh but then the other part is just ease of use, yeah. you know, so what, what's going to be the best for the consumer? Something that's wide is going to be good. Something that's really durable. That's going to have a good warranty, uh, a just, you know, uh, buttons that's easy to push, you know, that saves it the next time you, you, you use it, uh, certain stands like the one behind me or a floor stand or a horizontal stand, things that allow certain people with maybe certain issues like. If I've got neuropathy, I'm I'm not gonna be able to stand up and do twenty minutes every day. But I can have a horizontal stand and I can lay down, or I can have a floor stand and I can sit down in front of it and do my my Wim Hof or my breath work or whatever else. Yeah. So uh whenever I'm looking at tweaking, changing, creating whatever, I have to take both what science is saying and then what the what the customers really need so that they can be consistent with their, you know, daily, weekly use of the light to get benefit.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. And you know what, what I loved about that little handheld device that you were showing is, you know, for someone with a budget, you know, and people have different budget constraints in the world, but the fact that each one of those bulbs delivers all of those different things means that even a tiny little handheld device is going to have huge impact Right, Because if there's only, let's say there's 20 bulbs, if you had to have them split up between red and blue and infrared, you would just be so much more limited in the impact that you would get. So quickly before we finish, the last question I wanna ask you is this issue of devices that go straight onto the skin versus a panel. And there's a lot of chatter about that. I know that there's benefits to to things that are that go on the skin there's benefits i mean the panels you can't beat the full surface exposure that you get from a panel and um i think we've talked about this before but i would love you to address it for the audience just so that people understand that you know you design things differently for different applications and because yeah. i know you've thought about this i know yeah. you
1: <laughs> yeah of course so uh, you know unfortunately certain Companies get into marketing and they, they're they deceptive about it, unfortunately. So they'll say, you know, something that skin contact is the only way to go. Back in the day, it used to be lasers are the only way to go. No one bought into LEDs yeah. until the research showed otherwise. Mm-hmm. Now, I sell panels like behind me. And I sell pads as well because I believe in both of them. Yeah. And it just depends on your situation. So let's say for an example, I've got a systemic issue or I'm an athlete. I'm going with full panel. I want to get mm-hmm. the whole body. If I'm dealing with just a shoulder issue, a knee issue, and it's localized, I injured it. A pad system that can wrap around the shoulder is so much more convenient than a panel that I've got to move, yeah. you know, two or three different times. Yeah. So the argument was that with a panel, you're not getting as much light into the body. Now, panels are made to be much stronger. They're probably about 10 times stronger than a pad because you lose power with distance because it's hitting dust. It's hitting moisture. It's hitting molecules in and the there's air.
0: There's distance, exactly. There's distance between you and the, and the light.
1: Right. But by the time that light actually reaches you and we have to take into account that there's going to be some reflection. Of course, there's reflection of, of light. We take that into an account and there's really no difference. Okay. So I tell people, you know what, if you're traveling a lot, you're not getting one of these. You may mm-hmm. get the handheld one mm-hmm. or you may get a pad system. Yeah. You know, if you're at home um, and you and you can stack something like this up. Then you can get a, a large panel. But it, it really just comes down to whether it's a budget, uh, what needs you want to accomplish with it, and what wh- what works with your, you know, your your daily schedule. I have people in Manhattan. They're like, I'm in such a tiny little place. I can't, can't possibly have something. Yeah. I don't have wall space for something like this. Okay. So then let's look at a large pad system. So yeah. you know, I like them all. You know, I utilize everything from a little handheld torch. I
0: love that to, handheld torch. Yes. Yeah. So Yeah.
1: Light light is light to me as long as it's in the proper wavelengths, it's in the proper power, everything that from that point on comes how do you properly use it? And that's, you know, I I would say Probably between me compared to uh, other companies out there is just the fact that we spend so much time on the education so that people are knowledgeable, so that when you have neuropathy like I did before, I knew better. I was shining my laser on my hands and feet and getting um no benefit whatsoever. It wasn't until I shined light on my lower back, my spine, mm-hmm. that I started to see, wow, what a difference that makes.
0: Yeah. So the nerves come from. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't have the
1: it's uh, I joke with people like erectile dysfunction or low testosterone shine the light on on, on the testicles. Go for it. But shine the light on the stomach to reduce anxiety. Shine it on the brain. Shine it on the lower back and the spine area because there could be nerve involvement. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all Mm -hmm. kinds of other factors. And if you don't know better. You're going to spend a lot of money on a device that you don't know how to use. You're going to see minimal success and you're going to put it in the corner and you're going to say, it's BS.
0: Yeah, it doesn't Which helps no one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, great. Well, you know, that's a perfect segue to tell people where they can find you, to lead people to your website because I know there's tons of information on your website. And the other thing is that Scott's customer service is bar none, like one of the best in the industry. So Scott, why don't we tell people where they can find you and your website and learn more?
1: Okay, so lightpathled.com is a website. Uh, if people like Facebook, I've got a Facebook group. Uh, just just Google red light therapy for beginners. Okay. Really simple, and that's where people can ask questions, or they can read through previous posts, or use the search button, and generally find that that their question has been asked multiple times with with answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just uh, finished up. It's uh, udemy. Uh, dot com u d e m y, and they're all about learning.
0: Yeah, so it's an, a course. It, this is a course. Uh-
1: yeah, so it's a Black course I, I just finished yeah. up, and it's not just me, but it's other people that talk about helmets and pads and torches. So it's great for someone that's that that's interested in light, but they don't know where to start. And there's so right. much information and misinformation out there; they don't have anyone to guide them. Yeah. So you know, Udemy is a great place if you're looking to to fix plumbing in your house, all the way to learning red light. So it's, again, it's red, red light, uh, therapy for beginners. So yeah, it's a, it's an inexpensive, a great way to, to start the process instead of spending hours and hours going down, um, that rabbit hole where you don't really get a whole lot out of it.
0: When you get overwhelmed, right? So, oh,
1: so I get overwhelmed. I read research (laughs) and those scientists, they just want to outdo the other scientists with big names and numbers. And so, I've I've learned to, you know, do the cliff notes, you know, you read the abstract, you read yeah. the methods, you read the results, and you can kind of piece it together.
0: Yeah. And then if you need to, you go back and, and, and fill in the blanks if you need to. Mm-hmm. So Scott, this has been amazing. Actually, Scott also has given us a, a code that you guys can use, which is B like biohacking, S like superhuman, P like performance or podcast so bsp and that'll give you guys i think it's a five percent discount on your purchase throughout the website once again it's lightpathled.com and we'll put all the other links into the show notes and then also are you on instagram at all scott kind of sort of okay well then let's not send people there if that that answer tells me not your favorite place to be you've got enough going on
1: social media in general is not where I want to be, but
0: yeah <laughs> I've got to
1: figure I've got to I've got to do something so um but yeah I am I am on Instagram uh but but yeah definitely I would say the 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 Facebook group would be the best uh the best source
0: amazing. thank you so much for your time Scott. This has been phenomenal. There's so many more questions, but we'll just do a follow-up someday.
1: We'll do a deep dive part two.
0: Amazing. I'm all in. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly or if you'd like to leave any comments or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website,